two through five A. But you, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, who are one of the little clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me, one who is to rule in Israel, whose origin is from of old, from ancient days. Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has brought forth. Then the rest of his kindred shall return to the people of Israel. And he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall live secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be the one of peace. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Mom would be at all my sporting events. Let's say I was playing football, okay? My mother would be on the sidelines, and if the play on the field started going one way, my mother would run along like, Mark, get him, get him! I'd be like, oh my gosh. I'd get in the huddle with the other guys. they go, Mark, is that your mother? i go, no, I never saw her before in my life. <laughs> the greatest gift my mother ever gave me, she believed in me. I have overdosed on drugs on three occasions where I should have been dead. But I believe I was kept here for a reason. You show me your friends, I will show you your future. How do I know this? I hung out with losers and I became the biggest loser of them all because I gave up everything I dreamt about as a little boy because of who I chose to surround myself with. My friends would drive me home at two, three, four in the morning. We'd be drunk and high, laughing in the car. We pull up in front of my house in New York. They go, Mark, Mark, the light's on. I go, oh man, my mother's up. See, my mom wouldn't go to bed until she knew her son was still alive. I'd walk in, she'd say, hi, Mark, how was your night? I go, it was good, mom, I'm just gonna go to bed. She goes, can I, can I talk to you for a minute? I go, mom, I'm tired, I'm just gonna go to bed. She goes, Mark, I haven't seen you all day and all night. Can I please talk to you? I said, man, just leave me alone. You bug me. I'd slam my bedroom door on the one person who believed in me. Call back to get high. If you have a mother or a father, when you go home, tell them how much you love them. See, my whole life was about being rich and famous. I had to be a millionaire. I had to win the race. I had to win the race to expense my marriage, my family, my friends for what? To be all alone in the world? I learned what is truly important, and that is how precious this gift of life is and our families and how quickly it can be taken away. See, I no longer live in time. I live in moments. See, it's not what's in your pocket that matters. It's what's in your heart that truly matters. Love, love is just a word until somebody comes along and gives it meaning. You. You're the meaning. One of the things that Christmas reminds me of 
is that we have the great capacity to live our lives as gifts. To walk in this world as a gift to the world. Not just giving gifts, but to be the gift. It reminds me that you have to grow in your knowledge and understanding of love, to know what it means. I do not love Sissy the same way today that I did when we first met. It has grown. To appreciate the gifts others give us. When I prayed, I can't take credit for other people's works, especially not for that of Robert Louis Stevenson. But the first part of that prayer, he wrote. And when I read it, I thought, what a gift to the world. I want to share that gift. What kind of gift are we? We are the people who are lavished with grace. We are the people who are so blessed. You know, if, if you really want to do an interesting exercise, write, start writing down the things you complain about. You know, for me, it'd be like, that jerk who keeps cutting me off on my way to work. Or, oh, you know, the bottom of that trash bag broke again. When is Sissy going to learn? Quit buying such cheap, weak, Trash bags. And then watch the news. And see what others are complaining about. I don't have a home anymore. It was there just a few minutes ago. Now it's not there. Places of war. We are blessed with so many gifts, but never forget, we are called to be a gifting people. That's what Christmas does for me. Lord, we thank you for this story, the story, our story. We thank you that you are the one who came and who showed us what love really means. Come to us again, and again, and again, and again, Lord Jesus. In your holy name we pray. Amen. If someone asked you, well, what time do y'all worship? 10.30, Sunday morning. Easy. But just so you know, my worship time rarely, if ever, begins on Sunday morning at 10.30. My worship usually begins on Monday morning. Look through the window of the pastor's study when I am preparing a sermon, and you will see some rather odd behavior. Me walking around, flinging my arms.
you know, you'll think I'm trying to get Phil's job. You know, I'll be flinging my arms in every direction, talking to myself. You'll see me staring off in space like I've fallen asleep with my eyes open. You'll see me with my head down on my arms or on my desk like I've fallen asleep with my eyes closed. Me mumbling or grumbling or talking out loud in an empty room, having a full-on conversation, and nobody else is there. Not that you can see. Trying to pull out what's left of my hair. Tears and laughing, and sometimes both at the same time, studying, praying, worshiping. You see, a sermon isn't written. A sermon is birthed. It took me years to learn that. So picture that in your mind. Me and my study, you can picture the arms flapping or not, that's up to you. Bible open in front of me, my hands on my head trying to figure out not only what it's saying but what it means. And where's the gift in it for God's people? As I read the passage for this morning, a question came immediately to mind. How far is it from Bethlehem to Jerusalem? Now, realize, pastors are trained to ask questions of God's Word. To look at it, to look at it deeply, to look at it intensely, and to say, is there a place where it's not making sense? Why not? What do you not know that would unlock God's Word for you? Holy Spirit, where are you? I'm not getting it, and you do. So I sit at your feet. So I ask questions of Scripture. How far is it from Bethlehem to Jerusalem? I have learned that sometimes geography matters. Where was Simon Peter when he first confessed Jesus Christ to be the Messiah? It matters. When Philip was sent by God to meet with an Ethiopian, where did God send him exactly? It matters. So how far is it from Bethlehem to Jerusalem? I just knew that this was going to be one of those critical, eye-opening, grand revelations that made Christmas Christmas like never before. So I googled it. Eight kilometers. That's it. 
That's all I get? No great aha moment? Where's the aha, God? Oh well. Moving on. But God kept calling me back. Steve, you're not getting it. You're not listening. And I knew I couldn't be listening any harder. But I wasn't getting it. So I did. I looked again. And lo and behold, the answer was still eight kilometers. And still no aha. Five miles. A two-hour walk, even walking slowly. Open your eyes of faith, Steve. What do you see? I saw a place barely qualified to be called a town. The town where Rachel was buried. The town to which Ruth and Naomi came. And where Ruth married Boaz. King David was born and raised in Bethlehem. And 2,000 years later, Bethlehem is still on our lips. Small, small, and yet so great. Sounds like a great definition of every Christian I've ever met. So small, but so great. Well, is that it? Is that the aha, God? Okay, time to move on, right? Oh, not so fast. So, Steve, how far is it from Bethlehem to Jerusalem? God, I thought I made that clear. You made the planet. I'm pretty sure you know how far already. It's eight, almost nine kilometers, God. Not far at all. And thank the Lord, literally, for I finally listened and heard. Not far at all. That had been my answer. Not far at all? Those five miles are the longest journey most people will ever make. It took Jesus 33 years to make that journey. It is the journey from singing angels to gambling soldiers it is a journey from tears of joy to tears of grief. It is the journey from swaddling cloths to a crown of thorns. From cute chubby cheeks and sweet little hands and feet 
the nails pounded through those hands and blood running down those cheeks. Not far at all. It is a journey so long and hard that many don't make it. They just stay in Bethlehem because we all know that a cooing baby is so much better than a bleeding corpse. And Christmas trees are so much easier than the wood of a cross. And we certainly know that a baby in a cradle is so much safer than our Lord unleashed in a world crying out for justice and righteousness as the ways to peace. So how far is it from Bethlehem to Jerusalem? It is almost an impossible journey, though millions make it every year. A Christ child is a safe Christ because he makes no demands on our lives. But the death of the Christ of Calvary requires everything we have and everything we are. And it is the most important journey any person will ever make. From Bethlehem and the promise of eternal life to Jerusalem and the gift of eternal life. And at Christmas time, I promise I will get you this gift. I won't forget. And lo and behold, Christmases come and go and you never get that gift. That's how so many people are living their life, staying in Bethlehem, receiving the promise, but nothing else because the gift is waiting for them in Jerusalem. That gift is in Jerusalem. That gift of eternal life. You know that time of waiting for a baby to be born is excruciating. I gained 20 pounds, probably more, but I'm not going to admit it, from all the nervous eating I did. It may not have been all that fun for sissy either. But that time from when you find out you're going to have a child to actually giving birth is so long. That in-between time, children, by the way, understand the in-between time. They see four candles lit and the question they, Mama, Mama, how many days? Because every child knows what those four candles mean. We're close. We're really close. And you know what? 
that in-between time, that time between those four candles and actually Christmas Day? It's an eternity for children. That in-between time, they understand it between illness and healing. That time between resurrection and being with loved ones again. Between wandering in the deserts of our lives until we finally reach the promised land. The Israelites heard the great prophecy of the Messiah who would come, who would save his people. And they waited hundreds of years for his birth to be made known. And in those long in-between years, they learned the great Christmas truth. God is with us. God is always with us. Five miles from Bethlehem to Jerusalem. Not far at all. But the greatest journey of love ever made. Amen.